For the past couple of months, we've been we've talked about the many things you should do on a regular basis if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to become a stronger Christian. And we, we call them habits for holiness. Reading your Bible, prayer, obedience, which those three there are the core daily activities you need to, you have to participate in if you expect to grow in the Lord. Reading your Bible, talking to God, and, and obeying God. And the obedience really is a foundation for the others. Everything comes from obedience. And what drives obedience is our church's mission statement, love God, love others, serve the world. And the scripture passage that brings that mission statement to life is the two, the two greatest commandments, to love God with our heart, whole heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love others as much as we love ourselves. So it's all driven by love. Bible, prayer, obedience, worship, evangelism, service, stewardship, fasting, silence, and solitude. Now, if you missed any of the sermons on these habits, you can listen to them on our podcast. If you have an iPhone, you just go to the podcast app and search for Servant's Heart Chapel. If you have any other device, it's a little more complicated. You can go online right now and just Google it. Servant's Heart Chapel podcast, and you'll see it. We're getting right now, we're switching hosting companies. We're having too much trouble with the one we're using now, so we need to switch to a different one. And so I'll, I'll let everybody know, those who don't have iPhones and need to find it, I, I'll let you know later, but you can still just Google it. And wherever you go to now, you'll find the most up-to-date episodes. And today we'll be covering the last two habits, journaling and learning. Journaling, of course, is to, to write down your thoughts and feelings and activities, get it on pen to paper or, or type it out. It's a diary, it's a journal, it's a, a, a manuscript. And I have, I, I must admit, I've journaled off and on from the time that I was about eight years old. My great-grandmother, Granny States, would keep a diary and had for many, many decades. And Granny was... She, I think she was born in, I want to say, 1897 when Granny was born. So she'd been around for a long time. And she kept a diary, and I was fascinated with the practice. And she, she would let me read her diaries, and I, I could read entries from the 1930s. And, and I was intrigued by the ability to capture an event, a moment of time, just capture it like a snapshot. The earliest journal entry that I remember doing was from a diary that I kept since I was eight years old. I wish I had it with me now, but 
in our move to New Mexico, a box with my most prized possessions I inadvertently put out on the curb with all the trash. So some of my grandfather's sermons and straight razors from the 1860s and just and and pictures from high school and college all gone including that diary. But I do still remember one particular entry because it was a very monumental point in my life. It was from 1982. I was attending school at Gospel Center in Phoenix, a little Christian school that had been around for a long time. My dad went there as a kid, and here I was going there as a child as well. And I remember that that particular day, someday in 1982, Jim Howard, Jim and his wife, Freddie, later became missionaries to Africa, and now they work at Hope Sound Bible College. But they were teachers there, and, and Jim was preaching a simple gospel message, and I felt a tug on my heart, and I came forward to the altar we had, and I knelt down, and I asked Jesus into my heart. And I wrote down for that day, that I asked Jesus into my heart, I will love him forever. Now if I can just get my mom to ask Jesus into her heart. I didn't know it would be another 22 years before that prayer was answered. But I wrote this down in my journal, the impact God had in my life. I've kept a church journal things that have happened at Servant's Heart Chapel. I have I, about our history in, in, with Lori and, and Tim and Tony and Sarah and um, Anthony and Lillian and others. I must admit, past couple of years, I've kind of slacked off on that. I need to get that book. I think it's in the little house. So I'll be able to get it and... and, and, and Fill it, uh, get it up back up to date. But I keep it. I was advised when I first started Servant's Heart Chapel, I was advised by a couple people to keep a journal. And, and there was a couple of reasons. One, to record the history of our church. Second, during those times of difficulty, I could read and remind myself of those times where God answered prayer, or people got help, lest I forget and think that God has forsaken us. And they, and those, those reading that past can be an encouragement to me. Lori kept a journal, not on paper, but on Facebook. And every once in a while, I, I get something that she linked me at in a memory. And I'm encouraged by it. This prayer retreat that I took back in October, I kept a notebook and a journal. A little pocket notebook I just had in my pocket at all times. And a, another book for to keep as a journal. 
And what I did was during my times alone with God, uh, first in the first in the morning, first thing in the morning, I would write some a journal entry, writing out as I wake up what my thoughts are. What do I want to try to accomplish that day? What do I want to talk to God about? What do I what's on my heart for that moment that day? And then all throughout the day, as I'm thinking about things, uh, praying about it, reading scripture, maybe a thought comes to mind. I pull out my little notebook and I write, you know, whatever little one liner, whatever bullet statement comes to mind. And so I can go back to that later in the day and kind of reread what's come to mind. And at the end of the day, I would write another journal entry of what had transpired that day and what that's meant to me. Journaling has been a big part of my life. You know, a Christian does not have to keep a journal. There's, there's nothing in Scripture that says in order to be a Jesus follower, you have to keep a journal. But Scripture itself does serve as an example for keeping a journal. In Psalm, the third Psalm is one great, really all, most of Psalms, David that's what this is. Psalms, most of Psalms, David and other authors are, are written like journal entries. I mean, look at Psalm 3. Lord, how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. Many say about me, there is no help for him in God. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake up again because the Lord sustains me. I am not afraid of the thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. Rise up, Lord. Save me, my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. That was a journal entry that has blessed millions upon millions of people for thousands of years. So no, the Bible doesn't say we have to, but certainly a large part of the Bible is the practice of keeping a journal. So why keep a journal? Well, number one, a journal is great for self-reflection. So much in our world works to keep us from thinking about our own situation. You ever thought about that? So much in our world serves to keep us distracted. We don't want to think about it. It's too painful. I was thinking about that chandelier song. You know, it really is a, a sad song. Party girls don't get hurt, can't feel anything. When will I learn? I push it down, push it down. One, two, three, drink. Throw them back till I lose count. That's a broken heart. 
trying her best to hide that fact, to, to run away from that reality into this alternate reality of sex and alcohol. We try to forget. And many rely on alcohol and drugs, sex and social media, games, movies, and television to help them forget. But you know it's not good to do that. It hurts us so much to do that. God wants us to think about things. In fact, the Bible says, where God, God says in the Bible, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. God tells us to think about it. Consider things. And by the way, God wants to partner with us. He says, let us reason together. Isn't that cool? God wants to partner with us in this. So journaling allows us to write down our thoughts and feelings in privacy. Between us and God, no one else. Providing for this means of self-reflection. Why keep a journal? Number two reason, scripture meditation. It allows us to, to write down scriptures that pop, that jump out at us. Take advantage of that. When you're reading a passage and a, and a scripture just leaps out at you, write that down. And start thinking about it, mulling over why did that jump out of you? How, how does that impact your life? How, does that change any of your behavior, any of your attitudes? Journaling helps us understand our thoughts and feelings. Sometimes it helps to get it down on, 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 on paper or, or, or you know, visually. Whether you, maybe you like to type versus writing things out. Although there's been a lot of studies saying writing things out actually helps us mentally. Whatever, get it down in black and white. You can read it yourself, and maybe it's, it sounds different. It sounds different um, when you get it in black and white and you see it in front of you. Uh, journaling helps us remember what God has done, like I talked about with our church journal. It helps me remember what God has done for us during challenging times as a pastor. Helps preserve spiritual heritage. Helps to remember where our line is. And so, because the devil is going to try to get us to slowly move our standards, slowly move away from God and towards sin. Journaling helps get it. I believe in this. You, you declare it. You can write it down. What do you believe? What do you think you should do and what do you think you should not do? Get that down on pen and paper. And when the devil tries to get you to compromise, you can go back to that journal entry and you can say, nope, this is where I'm staying. Finally, journaling helps us keep track of goals, things that are important to us. What are you trying to accomplish this year? You keep track of goals. In fact, 
uh, George Whitfield, one of the founders of Methodism, used a journal and had a series of questions that, for self-examination. It was written at the beginning of his journal, and he would use it for self-reflection and goal tracking. Here's some of the, his goals. Have I been fervent in prayer? Have I, after any pleasure, immediately given thanks? Have I planned business for the day? Have I been meek, cheerful, affable in everything I said or did? Have I thought or spoken unkindly of anyone? And have I confessed all sins? Those are good questions to think about on a regular basis. Have I done, have I done this? Have I done well today? Journaling can be done with, I've said, with a physical notebook or your phone. There, there are fancy journals you can get. There are Bible journals, micro-journaling websites. You can even you can you can journal daily, weekly, monthly, or based on significant events. But whatever you do, whatever your frequency or method, I encourage you to try it. Our final habit for holiness today is learning. Proverbs 9.9 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he'll be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Proverbs 10.14 says, The wise lay up knowledge. I don't know about you, but I want to be wise. I don't want to be a fool. I want to be wise. And wise men are always endeavoring to learn, to improve, to grow. Did you know that Christian life begins with learning? You can't become a Christian without learning something. Learn the gospel. You can't do it. If we don't, And if you don't learn, after you get saved... You don't ever grow. You become a permanent babe in Christ. And I've seen people like that. They're carnal Christians. They want to serve Jesus, but there's battle in their heart because they've never grown. And so they're on again, off again. They show the church for a little while. They disappear. They don't learn. They come to church. They hear a sermon. And they go on their way forgetting it all. We learn from a, a variety of different ways. We learn from the Bible. Not just understanding, but application. When you read a passage, you want to make sure you understand it. And, and how does it affect you? Kind of ask, so what? How does this impact me? We learn from good books. I try to keep a decent library in there. I think I need to go, this year I want to add some more books to it. I was looking at some books here. We learn from good books. A lot of Christians struggle because they don't want to learn. They don't take the time to, to read, to think. This is a great way 
to grow in your faith with God. The power of a praying husband. The power of a praying wife. Emmett, Shina, if you're interested, you guys can just take these. Max Licato, fantastic author. Talk about getting fired up. Just like Jesus. All of his writing is very inspiring. A Place of Quiet Rest. It's a wonderful little devotional. We have Crazy Love by Francis Chan and Follow Me by Dave Platt. Both wonderful books. I try to encourage a, a library building program. You can see it never really caught on. But if, if you want to uh, support, there's, there's book suggestions that I've, I have have here that you can buy for the church. We learn by reading good books. Now, the most important is the Bible. I get, I get that. But there's something about reading another person's thoughts and feelings on things to get a different perspective and to get you thinking about things that you hadn't thought of before and to help you grow as a Christian. We learn from church and Sunday school. I hope you're learning today. I hope you learned something today. I try to provide a good meal for you. I prepare it. It's all vegan. Spiritual meat is, is all vegan. Did you know that? What's that? No animals were harmed in preparation of the sermon. But it's, it, it, I try to provide something of value to you, and I don't, as you walk with God, you're certainly, every Sunday is not going to be, oh man, I can't believe, <clears throat> when you first start out as a Christian, <clears throat> it's like drinking from a fire hose. You ever see a fire hose full on blast? It, it's pretty, it's overwhelming at first. But as you walk with God for a few years, you'll notice you may not as learn new things as new things every you know all, all the time, but I hope you, you learn something a little bit or or reminded. Often we're reminded of stuff as Christians. You know, I tell I tell young Christians things like, "You need to trust God," and they go, "Well, I know that." Like they're a little perturbed that I didn't tell them something they didn't know, and I, I say. Do you think when I'm going through a struggle and I'm talking to another pastor, what do you think they tell me? you got to trust God. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the most basic Christian principles. It's very important. And, and so don't get offense. Don't take offense when someone reminds you of that. But we learn from church. We also learn from Sunday school, like Sunday and Sunday nights. We've been going through these classes. We're doing eschatology now. We learn from Bible study. 
We try a couple times a month in our connection group to either do a subject study or a chapter study. We learn from each other. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. Did you know that? Our interaction with each other encourages us to learn. We learn from the mistakes of others. Did you know that? Well, this person did something I, I need to make sure. In fact, the Bible is full of mistakes of others that we're expecting to learn from. We learn from our own mistakes, too. That's the most painful way of learning. I, I, I prefer not to learn that way. But sometimes we're so dense, we're so stubborn, that's the only way we do learn. So here we are, 11 habits, uh, 11 spiritual disciplines that promote growth. Like weightlifting promotes muscle strength and running promotes cardiovascular endurance. Practicing these habits makes us strong Christ followers. Each day, we're given 960 minutes, minus, that's after taking out the eight hours of sleep, which I know I don't get. But minus eight hours of sleep and 960 minutes, so let's just make that an even 1,000. How are you spending your 1,000 minutes each day? Are you using any of it building your spiritual muscle? Or is it all, or nearly all, being squandered? I want you to take out your phone. You never hear that again from me. Take out your phone. Now, I know on iPhones, there's a screen time app. Go ahead and click on that. Go ahead and bring up your screen time app. I assume Androids have the same. Do they, Tim? Does your phone? I'm sorry? Okay, no, I mean, it tracks how long you, you're looking at your phone and doing different things. Do you have that at all? Really? Okay. Emma, do you not have one? Okay. Well, on iPhones, you, you can you can. You can track exactly how, how much time you're spending. Like today, I spent three hours and 37 minutes with my screen on. Now, half hour is just this, and earlier was music playing. But you can tell, it tells you what you're doing. What apps I'm using. I spent 15 minutes on Facebook today. 13 minutes on YouTube. It can tell you, you can see for yourself, you know if you're wasting how much, if you're wasting any time. Are you using any of that thousand minutes 
We're growing closer to God. <clears throat> on average, you know, all, all the hours you spend on your phone, how many hours were spent doing things other than what is profitable? Should you do better? Will you do better this coming year? Do you want to do better? In 2020, will you spend more time reading the Bible? Will you make it a point to make, make it time well spent? Will you endeavor to learn from what the Holy Spirit shows you? Will you spend more time in prayer? Will you work to improve the quality of your prayer life? Will you obey God in all areas of your life? Will you stop making excuses for sin and just surrender everything to God? In 2020, will you worship God with an honest heart and not just go through the motions? Will you make personal worship, family worship, and church about God? Will you endeavor to take advantage of whatever opportunity God provides you to share your testimony and the gospel? Will you seek to lead someone to Christ this year? Will you find a way to serve the Lord with the talent, skills, and spiritual gifts God has given you? In 2020, will you use wisely the time and money God has given you? Will you spend time in prayer and fasting? Will you spend time alone with God, waiting for Him to speak to your heart? Will you take time to write down your successes and failures, your challenges, your aspirations? Will you read what you've written and think about it? Just mull it over. How, how am I doing in my walk with God? Finally, will you read at least one good Christian book a month? Will you participate in Bible studies and actively listen to sermons? What habits are you struggling with as we've gone through all these habits the past couple months? Maybe there's some habits you, you are struggling with. Maybe it's Bible reading or prayer or evangelism, or all of them. we got a new year coming up. <clears throat> There's 11 habits, and I thought it'd be a good idea to focus on one habit a month. So each month this year, we're going to have a theme of the month, starting with prayer, obviously, because it coincides perfectly with the Bible Methodist prayer campaign. So I want to challenge you each month do one thing to improve one particular habit. For example, having a prayer goal of some kind this month in January. Maybe daily prayer. Maybe it's spend more time in prayer. Or work to improve the quality of your prayer time. 
that goal is up to you, but just have one goal, one habit, one goal each month. Let's end 2020 closer to God than when we began. Let us stand.